Welcome to this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strengths and show our scars with pride. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a good week, Show Your Scars listeners. Thanks again for tuning in twice a week. I hope that you are liking what we're putting together here and some of the interviews that we have. I'm kind of bouncing around to all different people, but I'm really, one of the things I want this to be is just a connection between um, all different people with all different walks of life. And, you know, I think in the end, we're all athletes in some way or another. It doesn't matter what sport we play. Like, we're gifted with these bodies that can do amazing athletic things. And regardless of what we can do individually, I think we can honor and learn from other people and how they've gotten through adversity in their life. So, with that being said, I had the pleasure of talking to a friend of mine, Lucas Siquiera. I met Lucas through a friend of mine, Jamie Gobert, great author, friend of Lucas, mentor to him as well, and Jamie has has written some good books, so I'll tag Jamie's books in the show notes. But Jamie introduced me to Lucas a few weeks ago, and we started talking, and Lucas went through an injury when he came from Brazil and played soccer in America collegiately, and how um, his dreams kind of got crushed of starting when he was small. He wanted to be a soccer player, and that's all kids really want to be in Brazil, and how he felt like when he came to America, it was all going to happen, and then he was hit with this heart injury. Lucas talks about what he wished he would have known before that injury, what he could have told himself to help him through it, how he was taught that his value doesn't lie in being an athlete, and we talk about so many random things that kind of help you through the process, I think are kind of all interconnected. I don't know, you guys tell me if they're all interconnected, but it's a really interesting conversation. Lucas is a smart guy doing great things with his life and his blog called soul fuel so make sure you guys check that out but before you do that or maybe while you do while you listen to this you can check out his website but listen to my conversation right now with lucas it was kind of crazy i was actually in the computer the other day and then you know those facebook memories come up yeah um and then i I, since we have talked it was kind of funny because since we talked in denver i came back and i started talking to some people are struggling in that area, uh, and then it just brought it up more attention to it, I guess. So I started being a little more aware of people that are suffering from injury right now and that are in terms of recovery, trying to help them out. So that's how I got in contact with, uh, you know, Sean and um, the, so many other people. And um, I've been going through some, like, heart challenges at the moment here, me and my wife just going through some stuff. And I'd be missing my family a little more. This picture was a picture right after I got out of surgery and I was in my uh, apartment right after I moved to the U.S. Um, and my dad came from Brazil. Like She had the opportunity to come for a few days to check me out after the surgery. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I just got emotional about it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, but that's what, do you think, what do you think emotions like? Why do you think those still pop up? Because I just had a similar thing happen. Uh, 
uh, it's called Our Game Magazine. It's a women's soccer magazine. They uh, interviewed me about kind of my journey and the ACL club and what I've been doing. And now with my podcast, what I've been doing. And um, I got emotional too. Like, why do you think those, why do you think those emotions come up still? Um, I think for, for me, and I believe that you're going to relate to this, it's just because it's such a huge part of who we are today. You know, um, when when that happened, you know, remember there was everything was so uncertain. I was leaving the hospital and even leading to the surgery before the surgery. Um, I was just so uncertain about my future. I was uncertain about my dreams. I was uh, feeling like a victim of the whole situation and even mad at God, to be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. uh, that that was happening to me when I didn't think I deserved considering how much I worked, um, you know. So it was, I remember that at that particular moment, I had a completely different view about myself, about others, and about um, future and God's plans and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, now when I look back at it, and I had these moments in which we can just kind of reflect a little bit about it, mm-hmm. we realized of how much that particular injury actually have given have given us so much more character, so much more perspective, and has actually developed developed us in ways that I don't know how it would be developed um, if it wasn't for it, you know? Yeah. Do you believe um, that that picture popped up right now for a reason? I believe so. I really do because it's been a challenging time for me in which I've been really connected to things from the outside uh, and from the world and uh, trying to prove myself in other areas now that are not related to the sport in which I was for such a long time. And it's too easy to get consumed by the opinion of others or the uncertainty of the future when you are starting on something new or when you are going on a journey that you don't know how successful you're going to be. Um, But then you, you see that and you look back at it and you'll be like, you know what? It's it's easy to connect the dots looking back, but we can never connect the dots looking forward. I know so. it's so frustrating, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, and maybe yeah, that's but... maybe that's why you know, like you are doing so many things, and our future is so uncertain in in so many levels that maybe just seeing that picture just really connected with that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. trusting that trusting in the process and that like you know, in that moment when we come out of surgery, we're so scared of, and and we have to trust in people because that's all we can do, right? These people that are going to fix us or help us physically or, you know, with the ACL club, help us with the the mental side of things. But now when we're here in life and we're starting these new ventures, it's like, well, we kind of have to trust that what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing and that the process, you know, you know, if we continue to do what we feel called to do, you know, the process will work itself out where we will get to that point where we look back and we're like, aha, I see. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I think when I look back at it, it made me realize that uh, regardless of what I'm going through, um, I can learn from it, right? And uh, it, mm. bring, it brought me back to that growth mindset instead of um, the just being consumed by the anxiety. And uh, I thought that when I was in sports after the, the ACL, I actually could 
back on that a lot more than I can today. But in the last few months, just being so new for me, so crazy, that I just distanced myself from it. And that picture popped up, and all of a sudden I was like, you know what, um, it's hard now. I'm not, like, i got to acknowledge, I'm not going to deny it, but it was hard then, and look, right. what came out of it, right? So there is something there, and, you know, if we choose to to understand like it is something important in our in our journey, then everything changes. Right. So you, you're from Brazil, and you played soccer at home and then abroad and then decided to come to the U.S. to play. And you didn't get injured until you came to the U.S., correct? No, that's correct. That's completely correct. So, yeah, I mean, as a Brazilian boy, a Brazilian kid, you know, uh, I always had the dream of being a professional soccer player, right? That's Is that just, like, how you grow up? Is that what most kids want to be? Oh, yeah, it's like nine out of ten kids, and the tenth kid is a weirdo. You know what I mean? <laughs> who who did you want to be? What player on the Brazilian national team did you want to be? Oh, I want to be like Ronaldo, but oh, not Ronaldo, you know, like Ronaldo number nine, you know? Yep. <laughs> it, it was all about him. I even, like, shaved my head, you know, and stuff like that. My mom was so mad, but I always did it. You know, I loved it. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so I started playing, you know, really young, really, really young, uh, playing on the street. I played, uh, like, basically, you know, back then, it was, you know, we didn't have much of electronics at all, right? So it was all about playing out, and my playing mm-hmm. out was basically soccer. So me and my friends were always playing soccer, uh, you know, putting the sandals as goals and playing soccer. Then I joined clubs really early, started with futsal and then got called to play regular field. Um, and I was federated when I was 11 years old by the federation in Brazil and and was basically playing every day of the week. Um, three days a week I would practice uh, regular soccer, two days a week football, games of football on Saturdays, mm-hmm. and, game, and regular games on on Sundays. So my family was consumed by as well for a few years. Um, then I kept playing throughout my whole life. I had to, um, you know, work when I was a teenager as well uh, to help my family. But then I did it with playing soccer on the side as well. And then I kept playing. And then I played in various, various states in Brazil, various cities. Mm-hmm. Had the opportunity to play in Eastern Europe, played in Bosnia and Croatia. And then I had the opportunity to come to the West and be here. And then that was the moment that I thought, Okay, so I've been through a lot, a lot of struggle and stuff. So now it's gonna be my time to my time to shine. And then right yeah. after, like a month that I got here, then I got my ACL. Hmm. So, you think so yeah. I want to talk about that feeling of just like? Do you think that um, you know I'm from America, so I don't know what the feelings are like beyond like our borders. But for me, like we we always talk about the American dream and being able to be what we want be here and all that stuff like do you think that's what you like you set, felt a sense of relief when you came here like I can live my American dream is that what you're kind of hinting at um I like think do so. other countries yeah. feel feel that way no I just I just had such a high image of the United States because when I came the few times that I came before I moved here permanently um I came and did to have a great time and saw the structures that I couldn't see in any other 
place around the world, you know, I played in <clears throat> stadiums over here, like from colleges that were amazing, so much better than like professional stadiums in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I just had this idea, you know, like this is my reward. I'm gonna shine mm. here because this is the yeah. place to shine. And uh, and and the Americans know how to make that happen. <laughs> right, right. You know, so that was basically my naive, kind of immature thought when I first came. And then, you know, when danger happened, I was like, God, why? You know. Yeah. Basically. And you, um, how was your recovery back? Like, do you remember? You do you remember like the lowest of your lows and how you kind of got yourself out of that? Yeah, it was about I I had my surgery at the end of February, mm-hmm. um, and then I remember being May, and it was summer, so everybody left to their homes or everybody went to play in the summer leagues or whatever they were doing or work out work, do whatever, mm-hmm. and I could not go to Brazil because I needed to be good for the season, otherwise I could lose my scholarship and then I wouldn't be able to stay in the West. So the only idea was, okay, you're not going to go back, you're going to stay here and the trainers are going to take care of you here during the summer so we can make sure that you're progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was amazing, but at that point I was pretty upset of just being left alone at the college and I was just by myself basically there. And I remember one day I was in my room, um, just I trying to watch something on computer or something, and then I stopped and tried to do some visualization. I just could not visualize anything because I was feeling pain. My knee was swelling, and uh, I was tired of being alone in a place that I couldn't do anything. Right. Um, so I just... All of a sudden, out of a reflex, I don't know what happened, it was a burst of anger. I smashed my computer. I just punched my computer out of anger and frustration. And then I started oh, crying, and I was like, why is this happening to me? You know, and, right. um, yeah, at that point, it was, was really, really hard. Um, I remember being in a place where I just wanted to know why or wanted to see the purpose I wanted to to be ahead of the time you okay. know and but uh but I just couldn't see see anything and and I was pretty upset how do you go from that you know upset why me mindset to that growth mindset that you mentioned before so at that point um I to be honest with you I don't think I had any growth mindset I had I think I had a fixed mindset and uh and I think that at that moment, I, I was set to be one of the stars of my team and everything. I, I think I, I had a role in my mind that I should be playing, mm. and that was basically a fixed mindset. That's my level of talent. Uh, this is the, the, the other levels of talent, and that's how it is. Um, and I could not really see much in terms of how am I going through this mentally. I really mm. couldn't at that moment. I was so consumed and self-centered because I was spending my days just by myself basically that. Um, it, it was hard, but I think faith was the only thing that I could actually go towards at that moment. Yeah. So I started praying, um, and, you know, a, a lot of moments I was still 
I'm not going to say it was a magical uh, formula, right? I started praying right. and all of a sudden, you know, like my heart was clear and everything was fine. But I felt a sense of peace many times during the prayers. Um, and those would become sometimes the highlights, the highlights of my day besides when I saw real progress doing rehab. Um, and and then all of a sudden my, my faith and my connection with God really grew stronger. And I... And it was amazing. That was a really amazing thing that happened because, you know, even though I still had so much to learn in the years to come, I remember that uh, I never went back to being how I was before in terms of understanding who I was in God and who God is and the possibilities, you know. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think that um, as humans, we just think we can fix everything in those moments of stillness and like surrender and vulnerability. I know you talk a lot about vulnerability. Like those are actually the moments that we find the most strength in because if, if we don't acknowledge that we're, we're weak as humans, then we're never going to be able to find, you know, what is strong. Exactly. I completely agree with you in, and that moment was exactly what happened to me. I think it came, it came down to, I really don't know what to do. I cannot right. do anything to change the process at this moment because if I could, I would be talking to someone, emailing someone. I am an extrovert, so I don't have too much problems in terms of talking yeah. to people and asking questions, you know. Yeah. And I already had talked to all doctors that I could. I had talked to all trainers that I could. I was like, there's nothing, <laughs> basically. So it had to be Okay, it's outside of me. What is it? Yeah. Uh, and then I, I went to God with a different attitude then. Yeah. How many years ago was this that you tore, that you were coming back from this ACL? I tore my ACL in 2012. 2012. So that's, yeah. five, that's five years ago, right? That's five years ago, yes. So you've done a blog called Soul Fuel, Lucas. And it's awesome, and you have really good content up there. And I was watching your videos, and one of them said you interviewed all these people about what you wish you would have known five years ago or ten years ago, right? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, now you're five years away from that, and you have this big moment of reflection on what that kind of journey, how it's connected to where you are now. Um, What do you wish you would have been able to tell yourself then or known then? I wish, I think two things would really have helped me a lot, not in terms of the recovery itself, the body, but in terms of my mind Mm -hmm. and uh, in terms of making the process a little more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, The first thing that I would say is the growth mindset. You know, anything that happens to me is an opportunity to learn and grow. When I tackled things and challenges with that mindset, even though it was hard, I almost had a sense of, I'm progressing with it. So the tough stuff is actually making me stronger. And uh, when I was doing that throughout my career after that experience, I really became a better player and I was able to help other people and connect more to other people to it. Because then I would help them try to adopt that mindset when they were struggling with something. So the growth mindset really, really did uh, make a difference in my life. So I would, I would really like <laughs> if I had that uh, when I was yeah. going through my ACL recovery. And right. the other thing that I think is important 
is understanding uh, that we are valuable because of who we are and not because of what we do, right? Um, yeah. My identity was always so wrapped up in soccer that once I had that in danger, I was just so lost. It was crazy. And uh, and I really didn't know how people view me. Uh, I didn't know if people thought I was who I thought I was uh, with the lack of the sport in my life or maybe with the lack of ability that I thought I had in that um, sport and maybe I never would go back to that because I didn't know how my recovery would turn out. So after that, I really realized that, you know what, uh, I can do other things and enjoy myself, you know, doing different things. Uh, I have different strengths, different talents. I can connect to people differently, and that is just one thing that I do, but I am so much more. You know, I have yeah. so many more friends that are my friends, not because of that, but just because they enjoy being with me and I enjoy being with them. So right. it really, like, if I had that at that point, I would uh, maybe have enjoyed that moment to understand a little bit more of other areas of my life that I couldn't see at that then. Yeah, and it's it's so true when we get wrapped up in who we are as an athlete or in anything, you know, that we feel like defines us instead of what truly defines us. Mm-hmm. Um, we When we lose that or when we get injured and we're having to come back from that, we almost devalue ourselves. And when you devalue mm-hmm. yourself, you're – essentially telling the world, like, I don't love myself. And so I think that they, whether you express this or not, like, then the the love that they show to, to you, right, is is dependent on the love that you show yourself. So I think, exactly. yeah, loving yourself has to be the biggest thing. And knowing that you're valued and you're valuable and you're precious, regardless of um, your outcome and your success, or whatever, you know, success is such a strange word to me, but regardless of, yeah. um, you know, what you've accomplished, you're you're awesome. And I think once you start realizing that, you treat mm-hmm. yourself differently and then people treat you differently, which then enables you to have deeper relationships and trust in people and get through hard times like an injury recovery by mm-hmm. truly leaning on people and saying, like, I need your help. Like, this is what's going on. And I need you to talk to me or don't talk to me or just sit there or get me distracted, whatever it may be, but just being true and vulnerable and honest and it just creates better relationships. Definitely. Yeah. So do you think that you going through this process of um, devaluing yourself when you came back from any of your surgeries? Cause I know that my, a lot of these happened to me too during the process of recovery and once I came back, right after I came back, in one, two months playing after I came back, like that was actually happening pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, when I tore myself for the third time, I was just with the national team. And, and like you said, like that, that was the, that was my goal, man. Like I dreamed about that when I was 12 years old, like, mm-hmm. and something yeah. that I felt like I was so in control of and, and really looking back, you know, it, they're so, I mean, think about anything in life. There, Everything has to go right in order for you to even have an opportunity to be with the national team. And, um, oh, yeah. So for, for me, 
I, when I got injured and I was thinking about that third time and was with the national team and, you know, the, one of the top 11 players in WPS from the previous year, like these awards that kind of just Mm -hmm. like blew my mind that I was accomplishing and I was very honored for all of it. But I think when I was coming back from my last injury, I was like, well, I'm never, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever get there again. Mm-hmm. And so I was almost giving myself an out and giving yeah. myself um, an opportunity to not see myself as, you know, I, I think I did. I think it, it wasn't a full belief. Like mm-hmm. I thought I could be a great player still, but I didn't think I could be um, what I was because of an okay. injury. And, and I don't know, like, I, I think I kind of hurt myself in that way. Yeah. Um. Because, like you know, like we just said, you know, if I only value myself as a certain, you know, m- member or part of a team, then that's how other people are going to perceive me as well, or that's what I'm going to show as a teammate, and then um, I won't get to be what I think I could potentially be because of the way that I'm expressing my myself in a, on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've dealt with that. I still deal with that, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to um, – yeah help people with with injury and I'm like well what do I know you know or teach these kids about um, how to treat their bodies and learn how their bodies move better and then people get injured and I feel like so defeated like Mm -hmm. so yeah um, yeah I completely understand that yeah it's just um, I think we all go through that in the injury recovery process we have to figure out a way to um, one, I think is one of the purposes of this new journal that I launched called the journey journal is like that your journey through this is important. And I want you to feel like it's valued. And even if the only person that reads it is you in the end, mm-hmm. like you can read it and have moments like you just had Lucas, where you saw the picture on Facebook and you are, you know, overcome with these emotions about not only like what that day meant, but kind of like the accumulation of like the path that it set you on. And I think that that's the coolest thing about these journals is like each person has the ability to tell their story. And I, I hope that they would because it's important. Yeah. I think it's so, so important. It's such a great initiative because, you know, I think that's going to make a difference in actually seeing uh, reality in, instead of just putting so much hope on unreal expectations. When mm-hmm. you start journaling and you go back to this moment, like a recovery from an ACL, you see how the process it looks like a roller coaster, basically, right? Like right. one day you are there, the other day your mind is, is slow again, and some days you are full of motivation and you can talk to people being like, yeah, I'm awesome, like I'm, I'm doing great, I, I have great feelings a great feeling for, for the future, and then the next day you are already, oh, my goodness, I didn't get the, the particular degree of, uh, you know, right. uh, stretching my knee or whatever it is that puts you down again. And I think a lot of people, they have the expectation that, you know, it starts from the surgery and it just keeps going up, up, up until it's the moment that you're cleared. And uh, it's just a real expectation because it is mm-hmm. a roller coaster of emotions that we cannot control. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so just an un- unrealistic idea of how life works. Like anybody, I mean, we get, I think we think as athletes, like we just 
there's something about the mentality of like being so tough. Like we think that it'll just be easy because we're an athlete or we're tough or, you know, all, all these things that we've been taught as an athlete growing up. And then we get into these processes. And since we think we should be tough, like we don't know how to handle when we can't do anything and our body, our knee swells up or our, we're not recovering as quickly as we want. And we have this mm-hmm. unrealistic, unrealistic expectation when like you go to school and you have to learn things. And it's not like you ever go to school. I mean, there are very few people that go to school and just like everything is super easy and you mm-hmm. don't struggle at all. You don't get a bad grade. You don't have red marks all over your paper, you know, like all those things that, you know, those are, moments of growth in just a different area of life and like why do we expect to the injury recovery process to be easy i don't know why we do that exactly i think uh it's a great picture that you have given there because i believe that if we look in the right way if we allow ourselves to actually experience what that recovery does then that is such a huge um training for life like for yeah. dealing with the lows and highs of life, but in a better, healthier manner. But if we don't, then it's uh, just such a, such a crazy set of frustrations after frustrations, you know, because then we set expectations that are crazy, and then we get frustrated. Then we set expectations that are crazy, and then we get frustrated. And some people, mm-hmm. honestly, they live their whole lives like that, you know. Right. And it's just and a wasted opportunity, right? Like, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she's going through an ACL right now. And she's like, I'm like finally starting to take advantage of the time and space that this injury has provided me to understand what works for me in moments of anxiety or stress or, you know, and she's like trying all these different things. And mm-hmm. um, I'm like, you know what, that is so true. Like, and it is. I, I mention all the time about how injuries set you up for success in life, just the way that you handle them and get through them because you, you're taught a lot of characteristics and um, or there's mm-hmm. instilling character in you that is helpful in tough situations in life in general. So I think yeah. that if you use that opportunity correctly, you can really grow from this, like you mentioned, in that growth mindset. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that goes through a lot of people's minds when it comes to an injury, um, ACL and any other, is that you cannot get better when you are injured, and uh, and that actually is completely wrong because mm-hmm. if you really use it, then it's not that you're just getting a a character that you're going to be able to be whatever you want to be later in life or do a lot better with the chance that life's going to throw at. But you can actually get better in so many areas that are going to help you when you come back to this point. You know, yeah. when I was out, um, I read books that helped me so much. The aspect of faith that we talked about helped me mm-hmm. so much in the sport as well. And uh, and just the fact that I could visualize a lot more because, you know, at moments during this recovery, I was by myself sitting on the couch all night. And I was like, man, I'm so tired. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm just, what am I going to have to do? You know, so I, yeah. then I would start visualizing, and then the muscle memory helped once I came back. So right. there are possibilities of, you know, ha- helping yourself in this process, and you can actually get that. Right. You know what's funny about visualization? I've told a couple people this story, but um, 
I visualize a lot during my all my recoveries, really, but I, I remember a specific visualization that I had in um, my last injury recovery, my last ACL, and mm. I was at, I would set it all up. You know, I was in, it wasn't the championship game because this goal was would get us to the championship, but I, mm. it was a World Cup. Um, well, I, I had it put actually in Rio, so it must have been Olympics, an Olympic semifinal. Mm. And I was on the field, and we were, it was 0-0 in the last part of the game. And I picked up the ball, and I dribbled on the top of the box. Um, mm. Or No, I got a ball crossed in from the left side onto the top of the box. And I hit it with the inside of my left foot to the upper 90 of the, you know, curled it into the upper 90. And I yeah. ran to my left, and I celebrated in the corner with, like, my teammates and the U.S. fans were right there, and I re- like this is what I would think, you know, the details of every single like how yeah. what the temperature was, like what color we were wearing, all the things, like what it felt like when the ball hit off my foot, how we celebrated, everything was so, um, you know, vivid in my mind. And huh. the la- the last goal I scored, I was playing for the Western New York Flash, and we were playing in Seattle, and. Mm. I went in at halftime because my team was losing and um, didn't really expect to play in, in the game, but um, mm. I got in the game and my teammate beat someone to the end line, crossed the ball across the box from the left side. I hit it with the inside of my left foot around Hope Solo on the near post. Not oh, my upper ni- Not upper 90, but same same um, part of the goal, like the inside netting. Yeah. And yeah. I celebrated to my left, and the only people in the stands that were cheering were my fam- my parents and my two friends that drove up from Portland to watch me play. And in that moment, like, after the game, I, I soaked up how much that paid off. Like, I would yeah. – yeah, of course it wasn't the World Cup or the, the Olympic semifinal, but for me, like, I had pictured that goal in my mind so many times, and it makes sense yeah. to me that that was the last goal I've ever scored. And yeah, that score. is so that is huge, you know. That's so good. And I mean, the the fact is, you do that stuff. It's muscle memory. It doesn't necessarily right. mean that magic is going to happen. However, right. you know, you are refining your your abilities right there, and you are creating confidence as well, and ideas mm-hmm. in your mind of what to do uh, even before the ball comes to you on the field, because that's going to be already in your subconscious. So it's just a Another thing to help, you know, it's, right. it is a possibility of doing that when you have the time you're injured, you know. Right. Um, so that's, that's an awesome start, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I knew you would appreciate that. Uh, I got to yeah. tell that to Jamie, too. I don't know if I've told Jamie that, but he would appreciate So going back to you and your, your story, you talked about how um, – kind of where you are in life right now and you recently stopped playing soccer professionally correct yeah Yeah. and do you think that being that picture as well was meaningful right now because of that fact being a soccer player is still a part of us right and I think when we leave the sport and step away and do new things like it's really challenging to overrule that idea of like I'm a soccer player and I'm also Mm. x y and z like what else are you, and how has that helped you kind of get through this um, process of stepping away from soccer? Yeah, so um, it's, it's been a journey, you know. Um, mm-hmm. In the first six months, I mean, 
play it for a few months because mm-hmm. I, I I had to step out and uh, and do some things that I, got, I had to do after I got married and mm-hmm. we were newlyweds and we had new responsibilities. And right. the fact that I wasn't playing soccer and making the money that I, that I thought I deserved to make during this month uh, was hard because sometimes I would be bitter about it. And uh, I would go back to the idea of, man, I thought I deserved it. Why am I not right. there, you know? Uh, so that right. was a, a process. But, you know, with, my, with the growth mindset, the identity piece helped me a lot more, faith and all these things that we've been talking about was a lot more was a lot easier to handle. Then I had a, a opportunity to play again, and I was actually uh, with the FC Dallas here in Dallas for a little bit um, right now before the season starts. Um, and you know, Oscar was great. The, the coach and the guys there mm-hmm. wanted to send me away to uh, USL affiliate. Right, um, because I haven't played in a few months, so they wanted me to get some rhythm and uh, get some uh, games going to see where would we go from there. But right. then, um, you know, at that point, at that particular point, I thought to myself, okay, let's see and reflect uh, about my whole life up to this point, what soccer has has given to me in uh, in my outlook in soccer and. You know, as a child that dreamed about playing professional soccer, my whole life was always like that. Mm-hmm. So success was being professional soccer and glamorous professional soccer player, right? right. The ones that are on TV, the ones that are making me. Um, and I got to play professional soccer. But right. I wasn't, the, uh, you know, in the glamour part of it. <laughs> I played professionally. <laughs> I was just not the one one of the ones making a lot of money, like millions out of it. Uh, but I had the experience. It was amazing. But soccer has given me so much more, you know, and right. that is what has helped me to get out of it a little bit more in peace. Like I, yeah. I stopped looking back at it being like, man, I still did not reach that peak. Uh, that might be just a little bit uh, away from being like, man, soccer has given me the opportunity to see the world has be, has given me the opportunity to make amazing friends. Right. Has been has given me the opportunity to come to the US to get an education that I don't believe I would ever have. You know, like I I, I definitely would have, would not never have be uh, a student athlete in any other place in the world. Um, you know, and through anything else besides soccer, besides so many things that it helped me be and become. Yeah. So then I started looking back with gratitude uh, instead of looking forward with uncertainty and uh, this, like this ambition that kind of never goes away. It's almost like a unhealthy ambition. So that is how it's been easier to to step away from it. Uh, I still know that it's part of me. I still talk about my journey probably at least three times a week because people ask, you know, how it is to be a professional soccer player and stuff like that, right. and we always connect through that. But now, with a sense of gratitude looking back, instead of a sense of, you know, I didn't get there uh, looking forward. So that's the mm-hmm. different thing. Yes. What did Soul Fuel, your blog, come out of? Like, what was the reason that you started that? That's a cool, cool question. So, in this process of being an athlete and ups and downs and 
feeling good about yourself and, uh, you know, identity wrapped up in sports and stuff, I started doing a lot of mental training. And that mm-hmm. was after my injury because I realized, okay, mentally, uh, being mentally strong is so much more important than actually the physical aspect of the game at a lot of times. Right. <laughs> so I started doing the mentorship program with Jamie um, because he came to speak at the school that I was playing for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started opening my mind to so many different concepts, principles, and ideas that would be more beneficial for me to live by than what I was conditioned by uh, mm-hmm. in Brazil before. So I started reading books that uh, were amazing. For example, you know, Mindset by Carl Dweck. I, started, I read In a Peace with Fabiana Snow Day by Max Patterson and so many others that really have impacted me and my sense of what is possible. Right. And... Uh, I started connecting to to my teammates a lot more because all of a sudden I was more trying to help them than I was trying to compete with them. And uh, I decided, man, this is such a good way to live. It's uh, a good way to use your sport to grow and learn instead of being used by your sport every day emotionally and physically. And then I decided to, to you know, just share that more on the blog. Cool. Yeah. It's such a, it's so funny to just the, I don't know if it's the progression of sport, like up into a professional level or if, if sport is just changing, I think soccer might be changing or Mm. honestly, it might be the, just the way social media is so, um, can, can be a very like show off kind of game, um, that, I've been finding that the way people, especially in soccer, because that's where I'm, I am mostly, you know, like the way kids and even pro, professional athletes approach the game is so you-centered, like I or mm-hmm. I-centered, like I need to get a goal. I need to, I need to be the best dribbler. I need to be um, the person who who does like makes the most saves. I don't know, just more about like how I can help me as opposed to like how I can help my teammates. Like I'm helping my teammates by being a good dribbler, dribbler because when I dribble, it opens another person up and I can pass it to them. And exactly. what you're just talking about is is so that you know, like how that's how sports are meant to be played. Is you know, especially team sports, like. They're team sports for a reason, and when we get too centered on like I I I, the mm-hmm. whole the whole team suffers, right? Because you have to have yeah. this team mentality um, in order to grow. And if you're always focused on like how can I help somebody else instead of like how can I help me, amazing things happen. And I think it exactly. might be lacking a little bit in athletics these days. Yeah, and I think you you experienced that a lot after your last injury, right? Because you were with a lot of younger teammates then, and you were, if I'm not wrong, you were one of the uh, older girls in the team, or maybe the oldest. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was oldest. Yeah, so then you you had a sense of, uh, uh, not a sense, but then you were pretty much immersed in actually mentoring those girls, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it makes such a huge difference, you know, because it's exactly, you know, what you're saying. Ironically, 
once you are trying to help, generally trying to help more your team and your teammates, you take pressure off of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can be better not just by helping the team, but all, all of a sudden you are better for yourself as well. So it's just a win-win. It's just the fact that we are not being reminded of that. You know, we are all, as you said, I think social media is playing a huge part on, on these nowadays. And I think, unfortunately, we don't have coaches that really focus on that aspect. Um, in, yeah. You know, on, on the youth sports, they, they usually focus more on, on the – teaching the abilities of the game or teaching drills and stuff related to the doing of the game, but not too much in terms of developing character or developing, you know, these characteristics to help other people that can really help. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. So I love that you started Soul Fuel blog and um, you do a lot of videos. And um, what has been the biggest takeaway from that so far for you? Uh, for me is how Providing value is uh, something that can just help you connect better with people in that era that not many people are actually focusing on that. Uh, I really do so few blogs not because I am trying to become like a huge business or anything like that, because that's not my my goal, my intent today. I just started doing it because I wanted to share what I've been learning and ask questions to people that know stuff that I don't know yet. Uh, All of a sudden, when people see that, they are actually surprised because they are just waiting to be marketed for, you know? So uh, they are so, you know, reluctant, kind of like in a defensive position. And once they learn that, they are like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let's connect and talk. And then all of a sudden, you know, providing that, it becomes this door that you can – really create friends and create meaningful relationships. Yeah. And I think uh, it's huge in an era that, you know, everyone is just thinking about, you know, I want to get more followers. I want to get more money here. I want to sell this there. And, and, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, that's really cool. I think we as humans are made for connection and relationship with one another. And so the fact that you're using this great, you know, these great resources that we have, you know, the Internet, social media, they are really good resources. That you're using them for such good is so awesome to see, Lucas. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Jordan. I think that the club, you know, that's the essence of the club is connection with people that really need that connection. I, I remember, you know, that day that we just actually talked about when I was, by myself and I smashed my computer out of frustration mm-hmm. and, and sadness. I, I mean, I was craving that connection. You know, I was craving people that, you know, went through what I was going through and were sharing that and being like, look, it's going to be okay. You know, sometimes we just needed that. Yep. No, it's so true. I think it is. I love that word essence. Like it is the essence of the ACL club, like this community, this connection through our scars and through what we've gone over, like what we've overcome is, you know, helping one another out. I think that that's all. If if every single person that joins the ACL club helps one other person through the mental and emotional side of this injury, like I feel like I will be the happiest person. Um, you know, me even just like helping 
one person through it makes me happy. Every email I get back, every message I get on Twitter or Instagram or um, from social media, like I respond because I feel really um, just as grateful that like I get to help somebody else feel like they feel supported as like they feel like they're grateful that I'm trying to support them. Like the Mm -hmm. last thing I would want is someone to feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. So, um, and the the connection is, is the essence. (laughs) No, definitely. And, uh, you know, when I met you, I could see how passionate you were about like helping other people and really using these things that you went through for the best. And, you know, if everybody had a little bit of this drive that you have uh, for something that is this valuable, I think that we would be, all of us, in a, a lot better place, that's for sure. Oh, well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I need to get this book list um, from you of all these books that you said, so we can share that because I think you have some, if I know you, I know that you have some good books to recommend to people. To read. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I'll, whenever you want, just let me know. Gross mindset is so key in how Lucas lives his life now that everything that happens to him is a chance for him to grow. And I think that's just really valuable in um, all of our lives, especially when you're recovering from an injury, when you feel like you can't do anything to be better. There's always possibilities to learn and grow, and that growth mindset is key to that. I thank Lucas for his time and just sharing a little bit of his heart with us. I think we got into some good conversation there. We both shared a little bit of things that happened in our life, how we felt like we missed opportunities at points and how we learned from those opportunities in order to grow and and take advantage of those things and make it up themselves now. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Check out Lucas's blog, Soul Fuel. I don't think you'll be disappointed. He's doing some good things there, sharing from a very vulnerable place. And like we kind of talked about, that's the place where you can grow a lot when you're vulnerable. So thank you guys for listening. As always, if you want to give us a review, cool. I would love that. But if you don't have time, go out there this week and show your scars with pride. Share your strength with someone and maybe just give somebody a high five. I think that'd be nice. 